Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mystic Show. I'm Chris Curran, and today is September 23rd, 2013. And this is the show where we talk about spirituality, meditation, mindfulness, all things unseen and otherworldly, with a special emphasis on uh, practicing these principles and ideas in our life. Meaning, it's nice to talk about theories and abstract ideas and, you know, the soul, the aura, the implicate order. It's good. And it's also good to make changes in our life, make changes in our behavior in, in physical life. I was going to say real life, but, but both lives are real. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> the, the life that most people call their real life, which is their physical material world life, they think that's their real life. And when they do meditation and everything, well, that's just good and stuff. But I think it's the other way around that the meditation and our spiritual practice, that's the real life. And our physical life is, it's not unreal. I like the way uh, Ram Das put it. He said that it's relatively real. Meaning there's some reality to it, but it's not absolutely real. Because everything in the physical world is going to go away. I mean, in in 10,000 years, everything you see that was man-made and nature-made will probably be dust. I mean, literally dust. So, so then what? So then what about my house, my car, my physical body? Where, where is it? What happened? Well, anyhow, that's just the that's just the way the river of life flows, right? Apparently. And I really appreciate the journey of looking into looking into these mysteries. Looking into the questions. Because we all have so many questions if we're honest with ourselves. And most people, unfortunately, don't really pursue the tough questions. I mean, they live their lives on a very uh, material level, superficial level, relatively real level, and, uh, and they don't penetrate into the deeper mysteries of the universe, which is also the deeper mysteries of yourself, your space self, your inner self. So that's the, uh, in fact, my spiritual guide says when you look for God, when you search for God or you, or you, you know, yeah, when you search for God, what you end up finding is yourself because of, um, you know, life itself is like a mirror. Anyway, that's like the law of attraction and all that stuff and way beyond the law of attraction, but so our website is themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and our number, you can call us. Let me make sure the ringer's on here. Yep, the ringer's on. So you can call here the, into the studio if you have a question or a story, you want to share your experience, um, you want to challenge one of my opinions, feel free. Let's do it. Uh, the number here is 973 973- Four nine eight eighty thirty three nine seven three four nine eight eighty thirty three, and we're also on Twitter, which is a great way to get little updates and 
and also hear about like when the replays are happening and and stuff. So on Twitter we are at the Mystic Show. Big surprise there. Yep. And we have a Facebook page. We have all kinds of stuff. Actually, I worked on the website a lot over the past week. So if you go to www.themysticshow.net, you'll see everything. And of course, here right now in New Jersey, it's Monday morning and I have the window, I have the blinds cracked open here in the studio. And I just I think about 10-15 minutes ago, the sun rose. Nice orange sun coming over the horizon, breaking through the mist of the morning. And yesterday, my wife and I went to a park for a few hours. Actually, maybe only for like one hour. But we went to a park. It was a little, you know, breezy and a little cool. It was one of those days where if you wore a sweatshirt and the wind blow a little bit, you felt good. But if you sat in the sun and the wind stopped, then you started to feel a little warm. And that's how I felt. So we love doing that. We love going to the park. We sit, we bring our chairs and we sit, we bring some books, bring some, maybe some food and maybe some tea, whatever we want to bring. And uh, we sit in the park and read. And we went to a very nice park. We sat near the water. And, you know, of course, when you read in the park, sometimes you want to stop and think about what you're reading. Sometimes you can meditate for two minutes, five minutes, whatever you want to meditate for. We love it. It's just a nice way on a weekend to, again, take a pause and balance your life. We're so heavy on the the material side, the desire side, the activity side. We always have to be doing, going, thinking, running, making a list. And anyway, pausing really helps a lot. So the website, themysticshow.net. All right, so we're going to get right back into our book here, our James Allen book, Byways of Blessedness by James Allen, the English mystic. And we're on we're reading from chapter 5, which is called Hidden Sacrifices. And well, he's talking about how to to develop a happy and successful life and a blessed life, we have to sacrifice things that are not good for us. I mean, that's Right, that's pretty much common sense. But what he's saying also is that these sacrifices are not always overt. They're not always, you know, in the physical world. Like, oh, I, I, I'm going to sacrifice eating ice cream, you know, because I, I actually love ice cream. But so, I mean, that's a sacrifice that that's not what James Allen is talking about. Let's put it that way. He's talking about these inner sacrifices. And we, we learned, we, he talked about um, giving up anger, right? So that's where we left off. He had just talked about giving up anger. So let's continue. This is chapter five called Hidden Sacrifices from the book Byways of Blessedness. By James Allen. Perhaps you are habitually impatient and irritable. Know, then, the hidden sacrifice which it is needful that you should make. Give up your impatience. Overcome it there where it is wont to assert itself. Resolve that you will yield no longer to its tyrannical sway, but will conquer it and cast it out. It is not worth keeping a single hour, nor would it dominate you for another moment if you were not laboring under the delusion that the follies and perversities of others render impatience on your part necessary. 
whatever others may do or say, even though they may mock and taunt you, impatience is not only unnecessary, it can never do any other than aggravate the evil which it seeks to remove. Calm, strong, and deliberate action can accomplish much, but impatience and its accompanying irritability are always indications of weakness and inefficiency. And what do they bestow upon you? Do they bestow rest, peace, happiness, or bring these to those about you? Do they not rather make you and those about you wretched? But though your impatience may hurt others, it certainly hurts and wounds and impoverishes yourself most of all. Nor can the impatient man know aught of true blessedness, for he is a continual source of trouble and unrest to himself. The calm beauty and perpetual sweetness of patience are unknown to him, and peace cannot draw near to soothe and comfort him. There is no blessedness anywhere until impatience is sacrificed. And its sacrifice means the development of endurance, the practice of forbearance, and the creation of a new and gentler habit of mind. When impatience and irritability are entirely put away, are finally offered up on the altar of unselfishness, then is realized and enjoyed the blessedness of a strong, quiet, and peaceful mind. Then there are little self-selfish indulgences, some of which appear harmless and are commonly fostered. But no selfish indulgence can be harmless, and men and women do not know what they lose by repeatedly and habitually succumbing to effeminate and selfish gratifications. If the God in man is to rise strong and triumphant, the beast in man must perish. The pandering to the animal nature, even when it appears innocent and seems sweet, leads away from truth and blessedness. Each time you give way to the animal within you and feed and gratify him, he waxes stronger and more rebellious and takes firmer possession of your mind, which should be in the keeping of truth. Not until a man has sacrificed some apparently trivial indulgence does he discover what strength, what joy, what poise of character and holy influence he has all along been losing by that gratification. Not until a man sacrifices his hankering for pleasure does he enter into the fullness of abiding joy. By his personal indulgences, a man demeans himself, forfeits self-respect to the extent and frequency of his indulgence, and deprives himself of exemplary influence and the power to accomplish lasting good in his work in the world. He also, by allowing himself to be led by blind desire, increases his mental blindness and fails of that ultimate, ultimate clearness of vision, that clarified percipience which pierces to the heart of things and comprehends the real and the true. Animal indulgence is alien to the perception of truth. 
by the sacrifice of his indulgences, man rises above confusion and doubt and arrives at the possession of insight and surety. Sacrifice your cherished and coveted indulgence. Fix your mind on something higher, nobler, and more enduring than ephemeral pleasure. Live superior to the craving for sense excitement, and you will live neither vainly nor uncertainly. Very far-reaching in its effects upon others, and rich with the revelations of truth for him who makes it, is the sacrifice of self-assertion, the giving up of all interference with the lives views, or religion of other people, substituting for it an understanding love and sympathy. Self-assertion, or opinionativeness, is a form of egotism or selfishness most generally found in connection with intellectualism and dialectical skill. It is blindly presumptive and uncharitable, and, more often than not, is regarded as a virtue. But when once the mind has opened to perceive the way of gentleness and self-sacrificing love, then the ignorance, deformity, and painful nature of self-assertion becomes apparent. The victim of self-assertion, setting up his own opinions as the standard of right and the measure of judgment, regards all those as wrong whose lives and opinions run counter to his own, and, being eager to put others right, is thereby prevented from putting himself right. His attitude of mind brings about him opposition and contradiction from people who are anxious to put him right. And this wounds his vanity and makes him miserable, so that he lives in an almost continual fever of unhappy, resentful, and uncharitable thoughts. There can be no peace for such a man, no true knowledge, and no advancement until he sacrifices his desire to bend others to his own way of thinking and acting. Nor can he understand the hearts of others and enter lovingly into their strivings and aspirations. His mind is cramped and embittered, and he is shut out from all sweet sympathy and spiritual communion. He who sacrifices the spirit of self-assertion, who in his daily contact with others puts aside his prejudices and opinions, and strives both to learn from others and to understand them as they are, who allows to others perfect liberty, such as he exercises himself, to choose their own opinions their own way in life. Such a man will acquire a deeper insight, a broader charity, and a richer bliss than he has hitherto experienced, and will strike a byway of blessedness from which he was formerly shut out. Okay, we will pause right here there's a there's one section left of this chapter we'll finish that uh tomorrow we'll just take a quick break to ponder what we heard
are listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. And thank you to Douglas Irvine for this little uh, little piece of music called Procession at Thebes. He um, He actually created that using some ancient Egyptian instruments that they found in some different tombs and everything. So it's pretty fascinating music. It's 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 really what music may have sounded like in uh, ancient Egypt, which is pretty cool. So that reading from James Allen's book, Byways of Blessedness, was was really tremendous. I was struck by him um, telling us to sacrifice our self-assertion and he kind of describes that as you know trying to force your opinion on others or you know telling other people what to do or how to live and also that stems from thinking that I'm right my way of looking at the world is right and yours is wrong and I need to fix you so I need to tell you what to change (laughs) Right? When he puts it that way, it makes very much sense. I mean, a true mystic would never really tell people how to live or anything like that. They might provide some training on med- for how to meditate, let's say, or maybe how to do your spiritual practice. Maybe it's just a few simple guidelines. Um, that are effective and that have worked over many, many years, that's one thing. That's providing some training, some guidance, but certainly not, you know, trying to tell other people how to live and what is right and what they should do. I think we all know that's kind of rampant in our world these days. So how to actually change it? That's what I want to talk about now, is about changing habits. Habits are so powerful. You know, first first we make them, and then they make us. That's uh, paraphrasing a famous quote, which I don't have in front of me. Right? But we, over time, we form our own habits. And then, once the habit is set then we just unthinkingly keep repeating it. So then the habit is the thing that is driving our life instead of us. <laughs> so that's it's actually very dangerous habits. They can also be helpful too. Like if you have the habit of waking up early every morning and meditating properly, well, that's a good habit. So you can kind of look at all your habits one by one and evaluate them and say, is this habit good for me? Does this, And the best question to ask, like this is when I, when I give seminars on personal development and everything, I, there's one question you can ask and about a habit or an action or anything to figure out if it's worth doing. And that's a very simple question. Before you do anything or before you continue a habit or, you know, if you want to evaluate something, just ask yourself, if I do this, will it move me closer to my goal? And if the answer is yes, then you do it. If the answer is no, then you don't have to do it. So it's a very simple way to figure out what to do. Of course, the answer is not always so clear. You know, you might ask that question and and you don't know the answer. But if you think about it in terms of like like I said, will will this move me toward my goal? Like it doesn't mean this one action is going to achieve my goal right now. 
It doesn't mean that. It just means that I'm just going to move in the direction of my goal a little bit. So, it's actually kind of easy to answer that question. It actually reminds me of another question, which is... uh, which makes decisions and 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 uh, your habits and behaviors very clear. Um, if if you think about any action you can take, and you're deciding whether you should take that action or not, you can just ask yourself: If everyone in the world did it, would it be good? So, for instance, throwing throwing garbage on the side of the street. Well, should I do it? Well, let's let's ask ourselves the question. If everyone in the world did that, would it be good? Well, the answer is no, because then all of our streets would be full of garbage. So that answers your question. Then you shouldn't do it. Should you be tolerant of others? Well, let's ask the question. If everyone in the world was tolerant of others, would it be good? Clearly, yes. So then, it's good to be tolerant of others, right? Anyway, you get the idea, but that's a very powerful question. And um, it's almost like a little rule of thumb you can use. It provides a lot of clarity and and listen, at times you might not be ready for such clarity. You know, we we probably can't change all our habits all at once. And and really, I would I don't think anyone should try to do that. Um but again, these are just tools for learning and experiencing and evolving and growing. You know, a tree a tree doesn't grow from a from a seed to the mighty oak in, you know, 30 seconds, <laughs> right? It takes 60 years of little by little by little growing. And that's how we are. So another another way to look at this too is that, so each of us probably has many habits that are not really good for us. They're just there and we pick them up. We either made them ourselves or we all know what can happen depending on what family you grew up in and how your parents raised you. You can pick up a lot of habits from your family and your parents. And most of those you didn't actually choose to inherit. <laughs> Meaning you didn't choose those habits. They were just, your parents did it, so then they taught you how to do it, and you were a kid, you didn't know better, you just started doing it. So when we're, when we're young, actually, we're kind of at the mercy of our parents and society, really. And we can pick up a lot of good things, we can pick up a lot of bad things. And it's when we're a child, it's not by our choice. We're just... We are where we are, and whatever's around us, we're going to absorb it and uh, build it into our identity or our life or our ego. So when it comes to changing habits, here's a thought. Um, Sometimes, like I said, we have a lot of habits that we want to change all at once, but it's hard. And the thing is, too, if you go, if you change one bad habit at a time, like, you know, if you say, okay, this year I'm going to quit drinking, next year I'll quit smoking, <laughs> you know, the next year after that I'll I'll quit, I don't know, whatever. Um, that's really hard because the nature of life, especially the nature of modern, the, the world in the modern day, 2013, is that there's so many, like, each time you quit one bad habit, you're likely to pick up another one from somewhere in a different area. So we could go our whole lives quitting bad habits and we never really quit all of them. We're still going to have a whole mess of bad habits. 
So one spiritual solution to this is, and this might sound wacky, so you might want to call me and ask me about this. Um, phone numbers on the website too. Um, yeah. So instead of quitting one habit after the other and then getting more bad habits and always having a mess of bad habits, the spiritual solution is to leave them all behind at the same time. Basically cut them all off at the root, which is the ego. And how do you do that? Well, by by meditating and and you know becoming accustomed to the world beyond your ego, and getting messages and or or you know getting guidance from inside yourself from that divine place. So it's, I mean, that's kind of broad. Uh, in my life. Well, in my life, I I told my story already, but when I started my spiritual practice in earnest, um, within about a year, a whole host of bad habits just dropped away out of my life. And I, and here's the thing: I didn't do it consciously. It was amazing. It was. It's amazing. Well. In my case, it was amazing that I could just focus on a spiritual practice and not even worry about my my you know material existence or my habits. I wasn't worried about any of that stuff. I didn't even think about it, really. I just did my practice and within a year literally two or three very bad habits just went away. They they're gone. And they never came back. And I, I don't even think about it. It's, it's almost strange. But what happens is you become a little more clean, a little more pure on the inside. You become closer to your inner self. And then all that nervous and nervousness and anxiety that, that drives us to bad habits, it's just not there. And you, you, you're just comfortable with yourself. You don't have to turn to drinking or drugs or smoking or, you know, maybe eating the wrong foods. You know, you, you just, you don't even think about it. It's like making, you make a decision by not even thinking about making a decision. Because I think your, your higher self or your soul, it knows what you should be doing. So as each of us on our spiritual path, continues to make friends with our higher self, which is, that's not accurate because it's ourself, it's you, it's it's not someone different. Um, but we become accustomed to the more subtle energy of ourselves and we feel the happiness and the joy and the love that comes from pure spirit or God. Um that solves a lot of problems. It really can. It really does. It, I mean, for me, it did. And I've heard story, innumerable stories from other people as well. If you're one of those people, you could call up and tell me about that. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm wishing for phone calls here and there's none. But one day, I guarantee this phone's going to be ringing off the hook. And then I'm going to, then I'm going to have to, well, I don't know what I'm going to do then. So anyway, that's a little bit about changing bad habits. If we try to change one by one, that might take forever. That Actually, that'll probably never really work. But if we give them all up simultaneously by going deeper into ourselves, that has a real chance of working. And I, like I said, for me, it has already worked. On, on, a, on several deep levels. So. so with that, let's just take a quick break. You're listening to The Mystic Show. 
sunshine Can't you just feel the moonshine Ain't it just like a friend of mine To hit me from behind Guess I'm gone to Carolina in my mind Karen, she's a silver sun You best walk her away and watch it shine Thank you, James Taylor. That song is called Carolina In My Mind, and uh, it's by James Taylor. And there's a little funny story about that song. When I went to, when I attended my one year of college at Wilkes University in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, in 19... 1990, the 90 and 91 school year, um, I had a dorm room and I shared it with this senior. I was a freshman. He was a senior and he literally had to weigh, and I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. I am not exaggerating. I mean, and I know this person's name and I don't, I haven't talked to him since then, but I, I could, there's, there's, I could probably prove this, but I, I, just so you know, I'm not exaggerating. This guy had to weigh literally almost 500 pounds. No joke. Not even, I'm serious. No joke. And it was, it. he was amazingly large. Anyhow, that's who I shared my, uh, that was my roommate in the dorm. Anyway, this, this little story about the song isn't about him. I just threw that in. So one day I was in, came back to my room in the middle of the day and I just, I took a nap because I was tired because I'm, I'm sure I stayed up way too late and then had to get up and go to class, which I probably didn't focus as well as I should have and, you know, yada, yada. So I was taking a nap in my room and all of a sudden from the dorm room next door, I heard that song playing, Carolina In My Mind by James Taylor. And okay, I heard, I had never heard it before, so I just heard a song, no problem. And then after it ended, it played again. And then, okay, so then it, then after it ended, it played again. The guy next door must have played the song, I'm not even joking, for about an hour. Just over and over for about one hour. And it's funny, I was like in that little sleepy, between sleep and waking state. And it's a nice song. It's a very nice vibe, and it's a beautiful song. And I really just liked the song, uh, just from that, so... Anyway, that's that was my first exposure to that song. And of course, that's the one of the I'd say mysterious and beautiful things about music is that when you hear a song that that touches you, that makes an impression on you, you can always remember you always remember that initial impression. So music has a way of just getting inside of us doesn't it that's one i remember as a kid i i listened to um well the first music i ever listened to was you know some different bands and stuff that my mom really stuff that my mom was listening to or gave us for christmas or something but i remember putting on the headphones and just hearing the music and i was it just brings you to another world and i i you know when you're a kid you don't you you're just fascinated by it. Like, wow, how did music bring me to another world? Or how does it create those feelings, you know? It's it's remarkable. So speaking of bringing you to another world, um, and also following up on changing habits by meditating, um, I wanted to just tell you real quick about Pause Your Life. Pause Your Life is an organization that has retreat programs and there's a meetup group and it's all about hitting the pause button on your life. Do you need a break? You might need a break, don't you? Anyhow, Pause Your Life retreats are a great way to to just pause your life and balance yourself and regain some of your sanity. So the website is pauseyourlife.org. That's www.pauseyourlife.org. 
and there's a lot of information there. And you can also sign up for the Daily Pause email, which will send you a quote to your email box every morning. So you can listen, I mean, read the quote and pause for a minute every morning. That helps. Try it out. Let me know uh let me know how that works for you. Pauseyourlife.org. And uh feel free to comment on any of the blog posts and anything like that. And that reminds me also that on the mysticshow.net website, I finally loaded all of the past episodes. So all the past episodes are now archived up there. And uh, every day I'll be adding the show as a podcast up on the website, which is really cool because you can go to the website and literally browse, you know, well, right now there's 10 shows up there and every day there'll be another one. So you'll be able to browse all the different topics, all the different shows we've done and, and all the the interesting things we've discussed Um, I kept the posts, the actual text on the post pretty short. So you can kind of, you can read each one in literally 30 seconds. And, um, you know, we've had different guests or callers. You can read about them as well. And I want to thank again, Maria Montadakis for coming on, uh, not last Friday, but the Friday before that. And she's probably going to come on this Friday again. That's right. Mark your calendars. (laughs) So I wanted to briefly talk about movies. Have you ever seen a movie that had like a, you know, like a spiritual message in it for you? I mean, did you ever see a movie that really made you think about, you know, life or spirituality or love or, you know, not love like marriage love, but, you know, <laughs> divine love. Marriage love is more like affection. We'll talk about love and affection on a different segment. There's a big difference. <laughs> uh, I think that word love is... It, it, it has to be the most overused and wrongly used word ever. But usually it's used with good intention, so it's not like it's not like people are abusing it. It's not like a curse word or anything like that. But there there's just a there's there's deeper things in there. So movies. Have you ever seen uh Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day, which is starring Bill Murray, is for me and my wife one of the greatest movies ever made, period. Top five, easily, of my all-time movies. Um, and it's it's just great. It's it's a it's a Bill Murray's the main character, and he ends up getting caught up where he lives the same day over and over and over and over and over again, <laughs> and he doesn't know how to get out of it. And he, you know. He has all these funny experiences. It's a funny movie. It's a it's a comedy. So yeah, and and the message the takeaway message for everyone is a little different. I mean, it could be you know, until you live your life properly, you're going to keep living it over and over and over. Like it could be about reincarnation, right? It well, it could it's like an analogy for reincarnation. It could be you could interpret it that way. Um, and there's other ways you can interpret it as well. So if you have a movie in mind, you just want to discuss for five minutes or two minutes, call up um, the numbers on the website, themysticshow.net. Um, another movie, you know, I mentioned my top five. So I think I should, should I reveal what my top five are? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Groundhog Day is in there. And I'll just tell you that The Matrix is in there. The Matrix number one. That's top five. And also another one is uh, Gattaca. 
if you haven't seen Gattaca, you have to see that movie. That That's just one of the greatest movies ever made. And another one, which I want to talk about right now, which I think it's top five. This might be like number five or number six. I'm not sure. Like, obviously, well, not obviously, but I haven't made a literal top five. So I'm not sure if it's what number it is, but this one is called The Illusionist. And it's starring uh, Ed Norton. And I can't I think it's about 10 years old. Not sure. But it's a great movie as well because he grows up being very interested in magic tricks. All different types of magic tricks. And, and the movie is set... Um, the movie is set in the past. Like, uh, I'm trying to think what year. Like, pro- at least 100 years ago, let's say. Yeah, because it was pre-automobile. So it was probably around the turn of the 20th century. And he's interested in magic. And he's kind of like a misfit because of that. And he goes off and he he kind of just leaves town when he's, you know, an early teenager. Uh, because he was the son of a... I, I forget what his father did. I think he, he was like a carpenter or something. But he didn't want to be a carpenter, I don't think. So he left and he apparently went around, wandered the earth and and learned magic really well and came back to, well, he came back to where he grew up and also to meet uh, the girl that he met when he was, you know, an early teen. And anyway, he starts doing these magic shows, you know, where audiences, he fills a theater and he does magic. And he starts doing all this really amazing magic. Like he almost like he almost brings souls from the dead or from the other side. He almost brings them like onto the stage like they're like an apparition. And so it it's becomes very controversial. And he starts talking to these apparitions and the and anyway, he does a lot I don't want to give the whole movie away, but he does a lot more tricks it's not even like magic anymore it's like i don't even know what you would call it i mean there's spirit involved but it's you know anyway and just how he you know goes after the girl that he wants and how he does his magic tricks and how he um he's about to get in trouble from the the police because he's causing so much of a commotion and the ending of the movie is just one of the greatest movie endings ever. And um, anyhow, it just it's a great movie and it just kind of made me really think about um, what, like, y- you start to, we don't really know what's magic, what's real, or what's spirit, or what's magic. I mean, where's the line between these things? It's very it's very difficult to say, right? But anyway, this The Illusionist. That's the name of the movie. It was a great movie. We watched it as a movie night one night with our meditation group. Everybody loved it. That was many years ago, 4 or 5 years ago actually. Um But yeah, that was a great one. So movies, you should, you know, if you want to leave a comment on the website um, or give us a call or send an email about any movies you want to talk about, I think that's always a, a nice, fun topic that that it, it's a fun topic, but it can also be relevant and, uh, and a valuable discussion as well. So let's just take one quick break. We'll be right back.
thanks to Tool <laughs> for that little musical interlude. Angels on the sideline. That's the first line, but the song's called Right in Two. It's great lyrics, actually. I probably should have prepared the lyrics and then I could have read them to you. But uh, you're listening to The Mystic Show. Our website is themysticshow.net. And our phone number is there. You can call us live. We broadcast the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. We also replay that morning show in the evening at 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. Eastern Time. And every show is turned into a podcast, which is archived at themysticshow.net website. And we're also on Twitter. And one movie I forgot to mention... It's not on my top five. It's probably probably like a top 15 is uh, V for Vendetta. And there's one scene in there, which is, it's just an amazing scene. And it's like, I can't even talk about it without giving it away. So I, I don't want to say it, but if you haven't seen V for Vendetta, it's a very interesting movie but there's a there's a few scenes in there that are very like you know transcendental or sort of spiritual if you want to use that word i i don't like throwing that word around but it's or personal development i don't know breaking through the personal barriers whatever you want to call it anyway if you know which scene i'm talking about well you know but anyway v for vendetta so I wanted to read. Um, there's a from the from the book, the other book that we've been reading from is called 365 Dao, Daily Meditations, by Deng Ming Dao, and um, there's a link on the site to the books. Actually, I'm going to create a page on the website of the different books that I'm talking about, with links to the books on Amazon. So if you want to uh, purchase one, you can just follow the link and go to Amazon and purchase it. And um, we are, The Mystic Show is an affiliate for those titles. So if you do click through and purchase, you know, you'll be, you'll be uh, contributing to the show in, in some way as well. And it doesn't cost you any more money, but it definitely helps the show. So anyway, I'll... I'll be announced. The page is not up yet, but um, I'll put that up and let you guys know. So there's a entry here on silence. And again, on each page here, there's there's one entry per page and there's a little poem sort of an entry. And then there's like a few paragraphs of explanation. So... We'll just read silence, and then we'll end with that, actually. So, here we go. Seek silence. Gladden in silence. Adore silence. As one progresses on the path, one seeks silence more and more. It will be a great comfort a tremendous source of solace and peace. Once you find deep solitude and calm, there will be a great gladness in your heart. Here, finally, is the place where you need neither defense nor offense, the place where you can truly be open. There will be bliss, wonder, the awe of attaining something pure and sacred. After that, you will feel adoration of silence. This is the peace that seems to elude so many. This is the beauty of Tao.
right? So there's silence. That's a I like that little passage. And I also like where it says, here finally is the place where you need neither defense nor offense. The place where you can truly be open. And I must say, when I started my spiritual practice with um, with the Sahaj Marg meditation practice, um, from the day I began, I really felt at home. I felt I could be myself. I felt I could be truly open. I felt accepted no matter what I did or said. Um, and that that might have been the thing that that helped me to stick around and continue the practice. So I would suggest to you if you if you find a place or if you're looking for a group or people or company, if you can find a group or people where you really feel relaxed, you feel like you can be yourself, and there's no doubt about it, um, that, I would say that's a good place to be. I don't think you can go wrong in a place like that. Because that it just shows that, I don't know, it just shows that the atmosphere or the vibration of that place or those people is very conducive to spiritual growth. I mean, there's nothing worse than just an atmosphere or groups that are where there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of ego, you know, there's anxiety, worry. I mean, that, as James Allen has been telling us in these readings, that just signifies weakness. So where there is calmness, there is strength. And that's where you can derive some strength as well. So that brings us to the end of our short journey this morning. So... As you live your day today, think of these higher values, these higher thoughts, and maybe share them with some other people who are, you know, make sure they're open to these ideas. Don't, don't just tell anybody because people can be brutal. So I wish you a peaceful day, an introspective day an effective day and hopefully you can put into practice some of these these principles until next time keep shining